0: Welcome into episode 323 of the Pesky Report, brought to you by Beyond the Monster. And today you've got Matthew, Jordan LeAndre, and post-op Kevin joining us on the (laughs) podcast. Uh, How are you feeling,
1: Kevin? I'm feeling great, man. I mean, uh, like you said, what other better way to uh, handle this horrible offseason than... uh, be off those post-op uh those post-op drugs and uh just trying to just trying to survive dude i um uh, yeah so uh quick i had a back procedure done today and uh i don't think any of the listeners give a crap but um it was about at 1 p.m we're recording at 7 30 so this is uh this should be interesting nonetheless Was there any small part of you that was like, I bet the
0: Red Sox sign Montgomery while I'm under?
1: So, uh, okay. So I'm a very superstitious person, right? And I'll have my phone in my lap, like as they're wheeling me into that like operating room. And I'm like, so when last year, um, I got the Xander news late, right? And the Xander news happened literally like, what was it like 11 p.m. at night or something like that. And then a lot of people were like, Yeah. A lot of people are like retweeting it in the morning. I was in the po. I was in the surgical room that morning. So like when I woke up and I got the news, I was like, that's it from now on. Like the, the phone's got to be off like 15 minutes before I go in. Like, I don't want to, if I'm in there, they're going to get Solaire or Montgomery or, or, you know, uh, you know fsg's gonna announce they're selling the team i don't know anything <laughs> could happen and um so I, yeah i'm very superstitious i i i try to be good where you know i i say you know the i love you to so obviously my wife and then uh and then i kind of put the phone down and jordan's like dude are you gonna record this for tonight <laughs> and i'm like hell yeah i'm gonna record dude like i'm i'm here and i, I love doing this this is this is a lot of fun for me we're glad to have you on, uh, and uh, it's been
0: it's been a while since we've uh, had you on for an episode. So it's good to have you back, and uh, you it know, feels great. It feels great. Like I said, you know, we just the the amount of drugs we need to pump into our system to cope with this <laughs> off season is uh tremendous. Uh Jordan, how are you coping these days? Sadly sober. Um
2: like I, like I haven't had no 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 booze to cope with the Red Sox not signing anybody. No, no definitely no post op meds. I have not gone under the <laughs> knife quite a while, but um you know just kind of trying to not pay attention to baseball Been confiding a lot in the celtics lately so Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i've been keeping my uh my head from you know inside a cement wall um pretty much
0: oh we're uh definitely got a few things to kind of talk about i wish we had um better news to talk about um but i think there is you know some decent conversation uh to be had um but, uh, you know, definitely before we get into all of that, if anyone's listening to this and they haven't had a chance yet, uh, make sure to go check out the Pesky Report on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we have uh, some awesome people that are um, running those social media platforms and keeping up to date with content, especially on, uh, on Instagram. So uh, just a big shout out to uh, our teams that we have kind of working things behind the scenes. And definitely give us a follow if you have not. um, We want to make sure that uh, you can see the latest episodes when they drop, and we would definitely appreciate the support as well. And uh, with that being said, you know, we may be directionless here as a team going into uh, 2024, 2025, and beyond, but we're also JT less going into 2024. And I think that's the first piece of news we'll kind of go over here. Um, Good friend Justin Turner. Um, possibly one of the greatest one-year contracts in Red Sox history um has signed with a rival Toronto Blue Jays uh, in a one year thirteen million dollars deal. Um, Jordan, what was your initial reaction uh, when you saw the news that j t was going up north and across the border?
2: Well, I mean, first and foremost, like it it sucks because he was, you know, a great leader. All the things that people have said about him. Like, as a person, he embraced this community um, from day one. Like, uh, his walk-up song all year was Forget California, I Think I'll Head to Boston. Like, that song was – it was so cool to listen to. Like, he really embraced the city. And I and I joked about how – because there were a couple games last year, he single-handedly beat the Jays. And I was calling him mm-hmm. America's sweetheart. So, now that he's gone from America's sweetheart <laughs> to north of the border, kind of sucks. Um, that's production that is going to be difficult to replace – obviously like i mean from june to august he was one of the best hitters in baseball um mm-hmm. and the injury really hampered him down the stretch that's going like i said it's going to be difficult to replace that kind of production that kind of presence in the clubhouse Um, a lot of people are also like just flat out lying about how good he was last year which has been bothering me I'll, I'll kind of save my spiel for after everybody's given their initial thoughts but you know, it, it is it is definitely going to be a tough a hole that they have to
1: replace for sure. Yeah, what
0: was your thoughts, Kevin? Uh, it,
1: it stinks. It does. Uh, and uh, Justin Turner, as a human being, you know, coming to Boston and embracing the culture of what it means to be a Red Sox, right? Like from day one, every single time I would watch a Nesson, uh broadcast. Um for whatever reason, the cameras really gravitated to j t and he was always talking to someone in the dugout. He was always on that first step, you know up up against the the little fence in front of them i mean he he seemed like he was built to play in Boston and um his numbers right uh Jordan said from june August uh, fantastic um he really held down. Not only the DH position, but I mean they kind of threw him well, he played a little bit of third, he played a little bit of first. Like, you know, he he was a guy second that base. At second base, yeah, second base. He's a guy that um he's just a ball player, right? Like if you tell him, hey, listen, you know, uh, we need you to do this today, we need you to play this position today, hey, we need you to be in this spot in the lineup card, he was gonna go and do it. And and not once did I hear anything bad from the media. Now, once did I hear anything bad from a fan reaction? Now, once, you know, it, it's just kind of and, – and I'm going to speak more to the narrative of our offseason where, you know, that tweet went out. I don't know if it was Ken Rosenthal or, or, or who it was, or maybe it was Peter Gammons who said that, um, you know, the Red Sox never reached out. And that, to me, speaks volumes. Um, this is a guy that could have solidified the DH spot. Um, this is a guy who, and I understand, listen, we can, I'm sure we're going to get into who's going to fill that DH role uh, within a few minutes. Um, but, you know, what Justin Turner brings to a team from a veteran standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, the numbers that he had for the people who said that, you know, he he wasn't worth uh, 13 mil on a one-year day, you're out of your mind. Like, he he 100% um, should have had the at least the conversation or opportunity come back to boston i think that's what irks me the most justin turner great freaking dude um and i i this is going to sound really weird to say but i hope you find success you know north of the border
0: yeah i think he actually would have taken even less than 13 million to come back to boston if we're being honest you know um uh, i saw a tweet from mlb trade rumors and they were basically praising him for how he went about the offseason with his you know, opt out getting the 6 million from the Red Sox and then going ahead and signing for 13 million um, and basically, you know, getting an extra, you know, however many million it was because of that. Um, and they were really praising that that decision. I think it made a lot of sense for him to opt out. Um, obviously he was hoping to come back. He extended his lease in Boston because he liked it in Boston. He was hanging around, you know, doing things for, for longer than he needed to uh, just because he, he did like the city. I've never seen anyone you know, realistically, you know, with the Turner Foundation, the Turner Trot, um, just getting integrated into the community, becoming a fan favorite. You know, how many one-year people um, are given a standing ovation as they exit the game in their last, you know, home game of the season in their first year, right? Um, so I think he he did a lot of really, really good things. I felt like whenever he came up to bat in a clutch situation, he was going to deliver. I never felt like if he was up to bat that the game was over. Um, and, you know, just so many clutch moments. Um, it just, it, it felt amazing um, to have him up and have a controlled at bat. Every at bat was, you heard it, I probably heard every broadcaster and radio um, announcer say it every single time he was up to bat. But they just said, he's such a professional at bat. He's a professional hitter. You know, it was a very, like they use that term, he's a professional hitter. And it was, you know, Wakefield, O'Brien, uh, Merloni. You know, every single person was using that term when it came to him because he'd get up. He hardly would strike out. He would foul pitches off. He'd see a lot of pitches. He would work counts, and uh, he came through when we needed him. So we're gonna definitely miss Justin Turner. Um, Boston Sports Gordo, uh, friend of the podcast here uh, from Play Tessie, had put out a really good tweet before the signing with the Blue Jays, like the day before, and um, he positioned it this way because obviously we know the Red Sox are in a weird spot right now with this self-imposed you know got to stay under this threshold of payroll for no reason um you know, they're extremely rich we'll get to that a little bit later um extremely wealthy uh, as the fenway sports group but um, if they are you know looking at this in two ways they can say either a they're trying or b they're not trying and there are no matter which way you look at it justin turner would have been a fit for this team so here's what he he tweeted out he said if you're trying." you're getting a really good right-handed number three bat. He can play DH, first base, third base, and second base. Check. So Breslow wants someone who can play multiple positions and has versatility. And he's the leader. He can be the leader of your team. So if you're trying to go for it, he provides that, all those things. And if you only care about the future, oh, he's an affordable one-year deal. He can be a leader slash example for your next wave, and he appeases the fans. No matter which way you look at it, would have been a perfect fit for us. Why we decided to pass on Justin Turner is absolutely beyond me.
2: Yeah. So to put a little bit of a bow on the Justin Turner, uh, like the production that he, you know, put out last season uh, a tweet from it's Brian at it's Brian Barrett on uh, Twitter slash X. He led the team with 77 runs batted in with runners in scoring position. He was seventh in major league baseball in pitches per plate appearance, He was top 30 in runs batted in slugging percentage and isolated power in high leverage. So he was a very productive piece last year, especially in the clutch, as you guys mentioned. And then the, the runs batted in um, with runners in scoring position also reflects that it was very reminiscent of a lot of Trevor Story's 2022, where it just felt like every time he came up with runners in scoring position, he was going to find a way to get at least one in. Like he just went on a tear with like 20 ribbies and like nine games at one point in 2022. Um, It's going to be, difficult to replace him and i I feel like i've kind of poo-pooed a little bit on twitter um the impact he had in the clubhouse like chris cotillo from mass live talked ad nauseum about how he went up and said that the red sox should just shut him down and he made that he wrote a story about that in september and he you know turner and him had a little exchange And he was like, are you coming up to me as a doctor or as a journalist? And like as a joke, because he was like, it was appalling to him that he would even suggest that Justin Turner wouldn't play. That kind of toughness doesn't really exist in modern day sports. I feel like anymore, except for like the veteran uh, kind of players. The thing with Turner for me is, and I agree that he would, he would have definitely taken less to stay in Boston, especially because he's already getting 6 million from them um, this season. I feel like if they were, even remotely competitive with the Toronto offer, he would have stayed, um, stayed around. Whether that be like, you know, nine, 10 mil, whatever it might be, I do think a lot of people are acting as if that they just lost David Ortiz, which is really like, like I think they're laying it on a little thick. And I know it's a, it's been a very bad off season for the Red Sox, and you know you lose another fan favorite. This is like the 700th off season in a row they've lost a fan favorite. So like I get the frustration. <laughs> But this man is coming off a very serious foot injury, which sucks for him. But he's also 39 years old. He had an 800 OPS last year, which is good. Like I don't want to poo-poo that. Like he was good and he was very timely last season. But he's 39. The odds of him coming back, like the best case scenario, is he replicates 2023, in my opinion. And with a team that is not really in contention, I would rather play for the ceiling than the floor and in the in the lineup, whether it be through you know Tyler O'Neill. Um, this season, or you know, banking on Yoshida to be better in his sophomore year, or even Casas, Devers could stand to improve. Story healthy for a full season should improve as well. But the thing is, like, the fact of the matter is, great leader. They still only won 78 games last year. If you're returning the same lineup, just a year older, I know that some guys are going to get better, but some guys are going to get worse. And I'm not saying Turner will be better or worse in 2024, but there's legitimate reason to believe that he won't be even the Justin Turner we watched last season and like with me seeing all the people like talking about it being like, just like people are acting like this is the worst thing they've done all winter. And I just don't agree with that. They didn't lose David Ortiz. They lost Justin Turner, who's a great player, a great leader, a great person. But again, 39, they just won 78 games last year. And I think if you watch them, it looked like the whole team quit in mid August. And I'm not saying that's Turner's fault by any means, but like, it, he was still there when they all quit. It, it It's like, there's so many reasons. Like, I mean, I'm not saying they never quit under David Ortiz. We watched 2012. We watched the yeah, September yeah. collapse of 2011. Yeah. 2014 was abysmal with him as well. 2015 mm-hmm. was horrible in the first half. Like, there is definitely it, – it's just people are acting like this is David Ortiz leaving for the Yankees or the, the Blue Jays yeah. at – 39 years old. It was it's not that it's not as serious as people are making it out to seem, especially cuz they don't want to clog the DH spot. And he'd play 120, 130 games there.
0: Yeah, I mean I the thing the thing I think that for myself, you know, like when I look at the reason why, you know, the offense was what it was last year, like you're right. Mid-August to September, it did feel seem like they kind of fell off uh from an offensive and a pitching perspective. Actually, no, the pitching got better in the end of the year and then we just didn't have any offense to back it up. Um, from what i remember but still when you look at the year as, a, as in totality we were still a top 10 offense in baseball i believe we were ninth. so if we were in, if we were in a top 9 offense in baseball why wouldn't we want to run that back and it seemed like going into this offseason when we talked about where the two things we need to improve is defense and pitching obviously justin turner is not going to assist us with pitching but i would have been perfectly fine running back the same lineup if we could have then you know swapped out that rotating second base spot for Von, Grish- uh, Von Grissom, right, and then just improve in the pitching side. Um, but the problem is when we lost Duval, we lost Turner, then there's all these moving pieces, and now right-handed bat is something that we had to also add to our wish list, right? So when I look at that, it's like, okay, actually, I think we um, – not to, like, back up Tom Warner for by any means, but he had made a comment at Winter Weekend where he said, you know, it feels like this team with better defense would have uh, had eight or nine more wins. And um, I, I don't think that's like the craziest thing to say. I know that that number seems a little bit preposterous, but as far as, you know, saying, okay, we already had a top 10 offense in baseball, we still managed to stay competitive until late August. You know, it was Yoshida's first big, first year in the big leagues. He's definitely tired out in the second half. We had the second half, you know, what the heck happened to Verdugo? Uh, which, you know, definitely did not help anything at all. The only person that really picked up in the second half was Devers and Casas. Everyone else was kind of, you know, Turner got hurt in in uh, on the West Coast trip. So he, you know, injured himself out there and he was down, in a, down and out for a while. The last two weeks of the year, Casas was on the IR. Uh, we lost Duran in New York. So, like, there was a lot of reasons why, you know, there might have been a lack of offensive production second half, you know, right at the end september end of august um but as far as you know running it back i would have been der- perfectly fine with that to be honest with you um and the fact that we're 30 million dollars under the luxury tax which again is self-imposed but we have 30 million dollars to spend and we couldn't chalk up 13 million dollars to fill in such an obvious hole i guess i could justify it if we went out and did a signing of a montgomery or even a michael lorenzen or um you know jorge soler if we did that i could justify it i just because i'm looking in in the future i'm looking ahead and you know rubbing the magic ball i just don't see that happening i don't see us going out and spending money on those guys so right now they're still out there and there's still a whole like well maybe if we don't bring justin turner back it's not the end of the world but if we start the season this far under luxury tax then i think that's probably where Eileen is like, that's the bigger mistake, is not that we needed Justin Turner per se, but that we could have had him and for absolutely no reason we didn't bring him back.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, both of you guys kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head. I think what I'm going to speak to a little bit with Justin Turner, okay, yes, we didn't lose David Ortiz, right? And and I agree with that 100%. However, when you have the offseason that that is unfolding in front of us from full throttle to now, um, it gives people the ultimate reason, excuse, justification, whatever it may be to completely rip apart the front office ownership and what have you. So now all of a sudden losing a Justin Turner to Toronto on a one-year deal and it, and it seems like no one from the Red Sox front office was in contact with him, now all of a sudden it seems so much more because mon- it's fitting a narrative. And the narrative is right now that we as a fan base or i'll speak to myself we're fresh i'm frustrated i am frustrated i am frustrated there's no reason why we should be 30 million under this self-imposed tax um there should be no reason why sam kennedy's calling us liars for calling him liars for calling us liars like we just like, you can't you can't really make this up it's really turned into kind of like a soap opera and and would I have been happy with like I mean I said before I would have been happy if, if Justin Turner would have came back I I think if if you're fitting the mold of what Craig Breslow has come out and said you know um, Justin Turner could have played third could have played second could have played first could have DH you know um, is Yoshida ever gonna really adapt to a 162 we're all hoping right and uh, and what that might look like you know is uh, Bobby Dahlbeck going to be on the opening day roster? You know, is, all as of, of a sudden, right now, yeah. Be... Yeah, as of right now, yes, right? So, like, you know, is Bobby Dahlbeck now your DH, right, where um, maybe they like to uh, maybe, I don't know, switch Casas into DH and have Bobby play a little bit of, of first base? Like, it's just it, – to me, it's just mind-boggling. Like, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. And the only um, real uh, uh, silver lining in all of it is that we have, prospects right and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not going to be one to to, to you know shit on these guys these these are good legitimate prospects however i'm a little bit on the older side and then in the early 2000s and especially leading up until 2004 and, and the miracle that was as as, as Sox fans, we didn't care about prospects we didn't care about them. we didn't they were trade chips right like they were expendable they were movable that's what they were and and we worked that all the way up into the Chris sale deal you know when when we gave away uh, what was it, Mokata and uh, and Cupic, right? So there's there's a reason why we are frustrated because I don't think um, I don't think we're prepared to have the Boston Red Sox run as a small market. I just don't think we're prepared for it. And this Justin Turner is just a little bit more salt in the wound. It's a little bit more scratching at the scab. It's a little bit more like, okay, yes, there are still guys out there, right? There are still free agents out there, and let's hope that one of them land in Boston. But where is the proof here, or where is even the optimism or the inclination that you think Montgomery is going to wind up in Boston or Solaire going to wind up in Boston? To me, it's like, I need to see it now before I believe it. Where it used to be, I just had faith. Like, no, they're going to get it right, right? Like, they're going to get a big name. It's going to make sense. It's going to break. We're going to be talking about it. It's going to be fun. Now it's kind of like, I'm sitting back, man. I want to put the phone down. I don't want to talk to people. Like, I'm I'm in a zone, right, of a fan where it's like, I can't engage with this. Because until I see it, right, or even with these prospect kids, and once again, I'm shitting on them just saying until i see it pan out you know that's the only thing that 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 i can feel comfortable putting my head on the pillow as a Sox fan that night is that a lot of things need to pan out for all of this turmoil to kind of make sense well that does kind of bring up a good point you know you talked about these other guys that
0: are out there do we feel confident of them even going after that you know there's been a lot of rumors right now adam duvall looks like um red sox are interested in reuniting with adam duvall i see the angels or reportedly also interested as well um, how do we feel about if adam duval is the right-handed bat that they decide to bring in for a short term you know one year um just like last year you know one one-year deal he can play technically can play first base even though he hasn't um can play you know both well, i guess all three outfield spots he can provide some some thump from the right-handed side of the plate jordan what would you how would you feel if that was the addition that we decided to bring in
2: Well, I actually tweeted this the night before Justin Turner signed with the the Blue Jays that I honestly, if given the choice between the two, I would pick Duvall for that reason alone. Um, Not because I think he is a viable first base option. I think ultimately, if he's playing first base, something went horribly wrong. Um, But he can, like you said, can play all three outfield spots, provides the thump from the right side. We've seen him at Fenway Park. I mean, he had a 960 or something OPS at Fenway last year. Um, it was like 740 on the road. So can cons- like very significant, you know, splits home and away. But he fit Fenway Park to a T. He absolutely clubbed the ball if he was hitting it in the air, pull side, which is great for Fenway Park. Um, I think Duvall would make a lot of sense on a one-year deal. And again, it's something that has to happen for like what like Kevin said, they need to do it at this point. Like it's you can only have faith so many years in a row before it just becomes stupidity. Like it's the definition of insanity at this point. Now seeing is believing. And Ken Rosenthal said that the Red Sox aren't even trying. Like he literally said that the other day at the time of recording. I think he said it Tuesday. We're recording on Thursday. He, they're not even trying. And he's wrote story after story after story this season. He's like, there's nobody that's in on Montgomery. By the day, it looks less and less likely he's going back to Texas. There's nobody else that really makes sense. It is inexplicable that the Red Sox don't want him. I know this was this all started with a question about Duvall. I would love to bring Duvall back. I think he makes a lot of sense. He also provides the leadership. He's one of the best teammates in baseball. Mm-hmm. The Braves loved him. That's why they traded for him again after they let him go to uh, Miami. Uh, they love him there. Um I would love to bring Duvall back, but again, I'm at the point where I would be shocked if they made any other major league level signings at this point. And it sucks. Like, I'm not prepared. Like, like Kevin, again, like Kevin said, I'm not, we're not prepared for them to be run like a small market team, but they, they are, they seem to be very prepared. They've been doing it for years now, like slowly kind of gravitating towards that. And now it's like full fledged, small market baseball and it sucks and Duvall would be a small market level signing, but I don't even think they're going to go that far.
1: Kevin, Jordan, are you on board with Duvall? Yeah, I, I am on board with Duvall, but I had, I believe Jordan actually tweeted something out the other day that I loved and it was uh, something to the nature of, did they get rid of Bloom because he was ready to spend? Right. And it, And it was like this kind of like woke idea, right? Like did they bring in Breslow to kind of like, you know, keep the status quo of like hey listen this is where we want uh the cap at we want to be under the luxury tax you know we don't want to get um we don't want to get invested in these uh big market free agents or trades or anything like that And maybe bloom was getting ready to, to start spending some money and they're like yeah buddy see you later you, you did what you did you rebuilt the farm and see you later i know this is a question about the i'm sorry um yes i would take the ball back uh he's a phenomenal teammate i'm gonna just, Pity back off of Jordan. Um, the things that I've read on Duvall as far as uh, being, especially in Atlanta, I have, I have a best buddy who who is a diehard Braves fan. And when uh, the Red Sox first acquired Duvall, he was like, dude, this guy is awesome. Like, he is awesome. Unfortunately, he's battled some injuries, right? Obviously with the, um, what, twice now broken wrist, I believe? Yep. Um, Twice now. So, you know, um, I'm okay with bringing him back. He brings a lot of pop. I mean, he, he. at some point, we need to start looking at this lineup. And I feel like this isn't a question that we discuss um, as much as we should have in this offseason. I mean, it may not matter, but, you know, uh, we saw Devers' numbers go down. And I don't think that was a coincidence because we lost J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts, right? So who is going to protect Devers in this lineup? And maybe Tristan Cassis becomes that guy, right? Um maybe a Yoshida in the DH spot, you know, becomes something like that. Um, but Duvall does bring a threat with his bat. And and he has a, a swing that is definitely built to just pepper that monster. Um, in fact, hit it way over the monster, right? Um, so we'll uh am I thinking of that right? Yeah, he's already right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm listening guys, work with me all right? I'm not gonna lose <laughs> I'm losing a little. Yeah, he's got to swing for Fenway, right? He's got to swing for Fenway, and and I, th- there's no reason why um if 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 they're once again going to run by the self-imposed tax that you know the ball just once again makes too much sense, and and I'm sure we're going to get into other guys, so I'll keep my mouth shut.
0: No, I think it, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, to to do something, and if the fans the fans like him. A lot in the first week and a half when he came in and set the record for, you know, most RBIs in the first, RBI's, you know, yeah. whatever amount of games it was um, before he then immediately got injured. Um, but like, I think the problem that I see, you know, well, I guess it's not even a problem, but like I could see them bringing him back and then trading him at the deadline if it doesn't go well. You know what I mean? That's the other thing, I guess, that I was thinking about, you know, if they brought back Justin Turner, that would be like the perfect person to bring in. Have an amazing first half. And if it doesn't work out well, trade them away. Like a lot of these guys that are they're passing up on, like you got to look at the reason why the the pirates went out and signed a rule Chapman this year. It's because if it doesn't go well at the deadline, they've just gone out and just bought a prospect press package for 13 million. You know, a lot of these teams will go out and do the one year deal. I think it was um, was it Alex Wood that signed with the A's? Same deal. You know, he is gonna go out proved that he can be a starter, and then get traded to a contender at the deadline. And like that's what a lot of these teams are doing. And if the Red Sox want to operate like a small market team and they're under the threshold and they have the money to spend, they need to be going out and getting these guys on one-year deals that they can flip at the deadline. And maybe that's why they got Giolito. Maybe that's why they brought him in here, to be able to flip him at the deadline. But I'm surprised and shocked that we're not seeing more of that, unless they're looking at the guys they already have, like Pavetta who's expiring contract at the end of this year they're looking at you know um chris martin Kenley jansen these are guys that are all on one-year deals you know going into the expiring you know contracts we have uh, reese mcguire guys if you think reese mcguire is going to be on this team at the after the trade deadline this year i would be absolutely shocked if if kyle teal is knocking on the door at triple a and they have reese mcguire sitting on the team on an expiring contract like there is no way they do not trade him and replace him immediately with Kyle Teal and like right in in August. I, I would not be surprised at all, but I think that, you know, it's, it's, maybe that's the reason why we're not seeing these one year deals. Like you would expect on a, on a team that's, you know, not looking to go for it right now. Um, Maybe they're, they're not looking at it as let's get some guys that we can sell off at the deadline. Maybe they're looking at it as, you know, we already have those guys. And now it's just a matter of trying to get those guys to perform as well as they can so we can sell them. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a bad look. And um, it's kind of shocking thinking about the people that are still out on the market and the fact that Scott Boris has the market just absolutely tied up for his, his guys. It's very reminiscent of the J.D. Martinez signing. I think you mentioned J.D. Martinez leaving, um, you know, and where are we going to replace that? um that bat in the lineup what if we replaced it with jd martinez he's still out there you know Um, he's still out there like it's no one has i haven't heard a peep about jd martinez everywhere that he would normally have signed they've already signed people like there are people out there that the red sox could potentially bring in to be a dh still and it is martinez is he a boris is he a boris guy I think he was. I think he was. I don't know if he, yeah. know if he
2: still is. I'll check right now. but
0: so He definitely was because they – He yeah. is a
2: Boris guy. Yeah, he's so a Boris like, guy.
0: None of the Boris guys have signed in pitchers and catchers report in 13 days. That's absolutely insanity. I
1: mean – um, What were we going to say, Kevin? I, dude, we're looking at a timeline right now. I mean, think about this. When you look at the names that are still available out there and the free agents that are still available, I mean, we're, we're at February 1st. Like, this is something, and, and I get it, that um the, the MLB offseason has really become a marathon. Just like the season is a marathon, the offseason has been an absolute freaking marathon. And I don't know if it's so much um, that Boris is holding up his guys I'm going to kind of put on my conspiracy theory hat for a second and just kind of go, what if owners saw the Otani deal, the Yamamoto deal, and they're like, wait a second, it's a lot of money being thrown out there, and we're just not ready to commit to that because it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, I'm going to use an example real quick. Like, Blake's not right. The only team that we know for a guy who's probably been the most inconsistent, good pitcher of, of, of the last recent years with two Cy Young, the only team that we know of now we know he wants seven eight whatever it is seven eight even possibly nine years i heard nine the years the yankees yeah right didn't it the yankees they're the only ones who offered them what was it four, four six years? for one fifty. Oh, oh, six, six? okay i'm set yeah yeah so you know that's a big gap you know when you start talking about five six years to, to eight nine that is you know when you're looking for security as an athlete that is a huge monumental gap and um i don't i don't know if it's just boris listen i'm all for just ripping boris apart i mean I, let's be real but
0: it's gotta um, got be because at least, like everyone that's still left is a boris guy bellinger yeah, chapman monty snell jd they're all the the top free agent i, I think um is probably the only person who's not
1: the not. thing that confuses me is why aren't there more like jordan said before with montgomery right like it makes too much sense for him to be in Boston. Why is there not more teams linked to these guys? Why are we not – like th- there's been off seasons in the past where, yes, guys have signed late, right, and that's fine. I remember when Trevor Story signed, you know, on the later side for the Red Sox and they kind of had to do something because we were all kind of freaking out. And guess what? They wanted him in New York. They wanted him in pinstripes. You know, they were considering offering him some, a similar deal that, that we gave him. And he was locked to maybe going back to Colorado and and some other teams. So the fact that all these guys, when you look at the analysts, top 10, top 20, top 25 uh, free agents available, and a majority of that list is kind of still there, and you're you're kind of scratching your head going, what's really going on here? Is it worse? Yes, it it could possibly be. Could it be that the owners are getting, you know, scared feet? You know, uh, especially after, well, we got two more years before CBA starts negotiating, right? Like. Do we want to have a lot of money tied up when this thing locks down? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. So, um, anyways, that's that's a, great, that's a great point. With the like that.
0: No, that, that's a great call out with the you know the potential negotiations coming up soon. Um, yeah. I was also thinking that um, the so like you remember when JD Martinez signed? I was actually about to get here a, a minute ago. Um, when jd martinez came in and we just waited him out boris was asking for i think two over 200 million and he's like we're gonna get 200 we think that this is the comp 35 a year like we're gonna this is what we're we're demanding we're gonna get it and they stay waited, and they waited and they waited and the red sox were like oh well we're not gonna we're not gonna do that and they waited and then you know sure enough it was like second week of february they came out got him for what was it 135 so
2: I think it was 120. I think it was five for 120. It was like, a, or no, five for 110. It was like 22 mil a year
0: or something. Yeah. Mm. So that was another example of the Red Sox outmaneuvering, you know, Boris in that way and just kind of really reading the market in the right way. And I feel like that could be what's happening here as well. So it could be a situation where, you know, with Montgomery, they know that they're really the only suitors at this point if Texas can't afford him. So why would they bid against themselves? Why wouldn't they just wait until they're so desperate to sign that they just like, you know, here's what we'll do. And they're basically just risking it saying, you know, I'm hoping no one else is going to swoop in like the pa- Padres and the Bogart deal and like just massively overpay right at the last second. You know, I could see that being the reason that they're waiting. Um, but again, that's like the hopeful hat. Like that's like the optimism, you know, that's inject me full of um, <laughs> uh, copium. but. Um, I don't know. How would does that make any sense, Jordan? Or do you think that there's another, there's something else at work here? Well, I did tweet this the
2: other day as well, that like, it was again, a tweet laced with copium, like just so much copium. And it's like similar to the JD situation. Like the Red Sox right now are the only team that makes sense for a Jorge Soler or Jordan Montgomery, even Blake Snell. I mean, like all these guys, the Red Sox are the only team that have both the glaring need and the money to afford these guys if they want them. But the thing is, similar to what we were saying earlier, they have to prove that they are willing to go and actually take that extra step. And I do think another reason, and I think Kevin nailed it 100% talking about, you know, these owners are cheaping out and like a team like the dodgers went just absolutely crazy another team might just you may maybe looking at the free agent market and being like jordan montgomery's not getting us any closer to the dodgers especially like an nl team or a hey, solar same deal like they they've just gone absolutely nuclear this offseason with otani and yamamoto and then also on top of that they got um kiosker hernandez like they've gone absolutely crazy and a team like the red sox also that was primed to spend a ton of money this offseason has just shied away from it completely and a big market team is going to help create bidding wars for players and create urgency for guys to you know put their best offer forward and have players signed sooner like 2018 it was just jd martinez that signed super late 2019 we had machado and bryce harper that signed pretty late in the offseason 2022 is a little different because there was the lockout, but story still signed pretty late. But this is like a, a crap ton of free agents that are yes. still available. And like pitchers and catchers report, as you said, in 13 days, like we are talking about a team. Like if you put the all free agent team together in like oh, yeah. the show and simulated the season, we're talking about a team that probably <laughs> is buying for a wild card spot. There's that much talent in the free agent market still. It's crazy. And if the Red Sox wake up one day and they're like, screw it, let's just spend, you know, 25 mil a year on Monty. I bet they'd get them. If they wanted to go like 17, 18 mil a year for three years on Solaire, I bet they'd get them because they have not gotten any of these offers. And if they did, and they were still waiting on a team like the Red Sox to pop in and say, hello, what's up? We're going to put our chips on the table for you. They're just being mm-hmm. stupid at this point. Like they need, like, there's a reason all these guys are still unsigned. They're either not getting offers, or they're foolishly. Um, I'm going to quickly. I'm going to quickly just stop what I was saying, because Jeff Passan just tweeted that the Baltimore Orioles are nearing a trade to acquire for, uh, former Cy Young winner Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee
1: Brewers. Oh my god! <laughs> the, the- oh my god! You can't make this shit up. Oh man. You don't Charged want money. I
2: bet they extend them too. I bet they extend them, yeah, too. I, I bet they do. they
1: do the Red
2: Sox who did not want to who did not want to trade don't want to trade top prospects for guys with control and also don't want to trade for rentals. Well, now your division yeah. rival just got a rental that is a freaking stud. So I'm just gonna stop talking now.
1: <laughs> like it's just so, uh, so let's uh, listen. Now we're gonna have a therapy session because I'm about to blow my gasket. Okay, I'm gonna blow my gasket. So you guys can clip this, you can make it a short, you can do whatever you want, spread it over wherever. This is the this is bullshit. That's what this is. Corbin Burns, since the day this offseason since the day the off-season started, was a guy that every one of us knew could land in Boston, right? That we could trade some of these these prospects that we have that are high-level, high talent guys, and lock up a guy like Corbin Burns and possibly even extend it, right? So now not only does you know, he, he go to a rival in the Baltimore Orioles, and I am right with you there, Jordan. I think that they are going to extend him right away. But we also, let's not forget, it's, it's not too long ago that Juan Soto wound up in pinstripes, And here we are, you know, trying to cope with ourselves, saying, you know what, I really think Solaire would probably come if we just wait him out and if we just kind of hold on to the market a little bit. Like, what, the, like, what are we doing? What, and I'm not like. See, I'm not normally like this. I'm not one to. Um, <laughs> I get angry. and I apologize. But this <laughs> is the, this. Uh, yeah, I'm dude. I'm, I'm. I'm. This is this is the shit that frustrates me. This is the shit that, like I said, it makes me put down my phone. It makes me go for walks around the neighborhood. It makes me, you know, whatever I got to do because it, it, this was Corbin Burns's name was mentioned with the Red Sox. Since the minute the offseason started, it, it, it's another fit that made phenomenal sense. Just like Jordan Montgomery makes sense. Just like uh, uh, Jorge Soler makes a lot of sense. It just, what the fuck are they doing? What are they doing? If they're going to sit on their hands, that's fine. Just come out and say, listen, guys, we're going to sit on our hands. We're going to sit on our hands because we don't want to tie up money because we're going to go to the PGA and we're going to go to Liverpool and we're going to go to the Pittsburgh Penguins and we're going to do all this shit with your money and your ticket sales and your fucking hot dogs and your and you're going to sell me on the Fenway experience. Now, listen, I'm not one to be like, listen, I'm, go- I'm not going to Fenway. Of course, you're going to see me at Fenway. Park. You will see me at Fenway. OK, but if you're going to sell me on an experience, what kind of fucking experience is 74 wins? What kind of experience is that? What kind of experiences when with the laughing stock? When you're a major market, and you're and the, the owners of your franchise throw money anywhere where where it'll stick, except what's in their own name, Fenway, Fenway Sports Group. It's I'm I'm sorry.
2: This is no, dude, good. I absolutely, I mean, nailed it. Like you took the words right out of my mouth with a few extra expletives, but it was just just <laughs> <That's> tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs> I absolutely. Absolutely loved it. And I just think, you know, this as much as as much as Corbin Burns for to the Red Sox made all the sense in the world. I will also say that it made a ton of sense for the Baltimore Orioles, who also just have yeah. a new ownership yeah. group. So that's, you know, I'm assuming that that's a big part of the reason why this trade ended up happening when it did. Like they just announced that they were selling the team to, you know, a bunch of, you know, former you know, Cal Ripken Jr., the former Baltimore mayor, uh, Grant yeah. Hill is a part of the ownership group as well. Uh, But so like, it's, it's just, it just sucks that like every single team. And it was funny because when the tweet happened or the announcement happened that the Orioles were selling the team, every Red Sox fan, I could feel the tension. They were Mm -hmm. like, we are fried. Like we're done. The Yankees yeah. are the Yankees are going crazy again. The Rays are going to do whatever they whatever they do. They got the voodoo magic. They'll always win ninety games, whether they suck or not. the The Blue Jays are aggressive. Whether they land free agents or not, they are always willing to at least you know great pitching staff sit by at the, the table. way. Great, great pitching staff as well. And then now the Baltimore Orioles. And by the way, Passen just tweeted that the trade is done. Um, Corbin Burns is a Baltimore Oriole. Um, and now the Orioles have new ownership and a new ace, and they needed pitching. Just as badly, if not uh, more so, than the than the Red Sox did. But it's crazy, you know, a team that won 101 games last year with a bad pitching staff. They addressed it. A team that was going full throttle after going 78 and 84 for the second consecutive year, ain't doing shit. And the one move they did make to, to address the starting pitching staff, I don't even really like at all. Like Lucas no. Giolito might be a good, like might be good. He's a good reclamation project. Good idea. I like, I see the vision behind it, but 19 million a year to a guy who had a four, nine ERA each of the last two seasons. This team is a fucking joke right now, man. It's like, it's, it's, I'm seething. It pisses me off to watch all these other teams go and make moves. And the Red Sox are just like, hey, Lucas Giolito, and hey, visiting fans. Like, the Fenway experience is pretty cool. Like, they're not even marketing to Red Sox fans anymore. They're like, hey, what? Cubs fans, you want to come watch a game at
1: Fenway? Cool. We're not going to cool. have a lot of empty seats we'll because our fucking hate us. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll take your fucking money. Sure. Who gives a shit? We'll take <laughs> your money because guess what? They're selling, uh, what, two-game uh, two packages at fucking Costco now, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah, you know what? We'll take your fucking money, and we'll invest in Costco, and we'll throw up a little banner with the two games. You you pick the games, you pick the seats, wherever you right field, bleachers are absolutely. Have a, have a blast. This is this is this is insanity. This is absolute insanity when you're already in a division that is competitive in the AL East, right? We know that uh, the East and both leagues are competitive. The West and both leagues are competitive, and then the Central's are the Central, right? And to, to have this team be run the way that they are, I don't, I'm, I don't know what to do, man. I'm not one of these boycott guys. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to watch the games. Listen, we're all on a podcast for a reason. We're going to have to need things to talk about, right? I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to send out my stupid little satire tweets so that people can fucking retweet them with some <laughs> dumb shit. And I'm going to be – now I'm going to be fucking angry. Like this is this is, and I hope my daughter's sleeping so she doesn't hear a dad cursing like this. But at the same time, this is what this does, man. This is what this does. What are we doing? It's so helpless. It, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense.
0: But so we the, have the, the package. The package just came in. It says they are trading shortstop Joey Ortiz and left-handed D. L. Hall to the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm gonna seems be- like a. Light package, in my opinion.
2: I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I there's no there's no excuse the Red Sox don't uh, don't beat that package. I think DL Hall is going to be a pretty good player, like a pretty good pitcher, the major league level. I don't really know much about Ortiz, but like, holy hell! I'm looking this up. I'm looking
1: <laughs> this up. This is like, holy hell, crazy. man! I'm
0: looking this holy up. What are the names? Hell. This is fucking. Uh, this is. So we had Joey We're Ortiz count, and left-handed DL Hall. It's just
1: like so. Let me ask you a question. Let's play, let's put on our hypothetical. Does Nick York and let's say Sidania get it done? uh,
2: Maybe I would imagine that
1: the or or probably want a pitching back.
2: I would probably, I'd say probably, probably, or maybe it'd be like Rafaela and Gonzalez, or like you maybe you go the MLB pitcher route with like Hauk. And York, How, yeah, that gets How? it done. I would imagine, like all these packages that I was throwing around, just like <laughs> messing around on baseball trade values, that people are like, "Oh, that's such a light package." It's Corbin Burns. I don't care if it's one year. Well, you know, like the Orioles farm system stacked, and maybe there's a little bit more pedigree behind these prospects just because they're in the Orioles system. But like the the Red Sox made so much sense for Corbin Burns all last year at the deadline. The second half, it was just perfect. Off season's coming. Corbin Burns doesn't want to be in Milwaukee anymore. The, the times now, he's he's an expiring player, sure, but you have a lot of prospects. You have the financial flexibility to extend him after acquiring him. And you let him go to another you let him go to a division rival. And it's just it's just a par for the course for the off season. And I know this, t- we had like show notes for what we're going to talk about, but this has become a therapy session. And also just me and Kevin just launching expletives like it's nobody's business, <laughs> but like this, it's like, it's genuinely <laughs> ridiculous. You are getting a real time raw. I mean, I guess it's not real time by the time these people are listening to it, but you're, you are getting the raw emotion of this deal sinking in and it just it yeah, really, cool. really sucks, man. It really sucks.
0: So it looks is, like, is, as um, far as I can yes. see, um, he. The, so Joey Ortiz is like their number six prospect overall, and uh, DL Hall it was projected to be like their number three starter of the future.
2: So yeah, we're talking um, like the Red Sox comp for that would be like Miguel Blaze, Nick York, and like Nicky. one of the two, yeah. and and Hulk or Cutter Crawford, um. Personally, you know, obviously being the fan, you want the most team-friendly trade package possible. So, I'd be obviously rooting for, like, How and York. Um, but, like, it, it's Corbin Burns. Like, and I know he's regressed since winning the Cy Young in 2021. But, like, this is what teams, like, good teams do. They strike when it makes sense to strike. The Orioles desperately needed pitching. They, I mean, until this new ownership group came in. But I don't know how, like, if they're the owner actively... I don't know what the situation is with that but they didn't they didn't pony up the dough for a big free agent. They go and they trade a couple prospects for one of the best pitchers in the game, a pitcher I have in my uh, top 25, that um probably top 20 at this point even though he's regressed a bit. It's just it was a great trade for the Orioles. The Brewers get a couple good players back as well and the Red Sox get to sit on their thumbs a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, baseball perspective has, um, has Ortiz as the number nine prospect in their system. So this
1: is like just sad.
2: Did DL Hall graduate from prospect it. status or is he just not a top 10 prospect in their organization?
0: I, he's, I don't think he's graduated from prospect status. So he's just not a top 10. He's got 74
2: days of service time. So, I mean, he was good this yeah. year. I mean, he had a 3.26 ERA, 10.7 strikeouts per nine in 19 innings out of the bullpen. But like, Again, it's just – it's ridiculous at this point. Like, the Soto trade happened. The Yankees just made all the sense in the world. It wasn't even like – I was obviously disappointed that he was going to the Yankees, but he never really made sense for the Red Sox. And the Yankees, again, were the team that I think everybody expected him to go to when he was going to get – when they found out he was going to get traded. Um, But we're talking about an offseason that started when Craig Breslow got hired. With them saying we're going to have to make a trade that makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable. You have to give to get. We're going to have to get creative in acquiring frontline starting pitching. He didn't just say starting pitching. He said frontline starting pitching. Lucas Giolito was a frontline starting pitcher five years ago, four years ago. He's not a frontline starting pitcher anymore. Chris Sale, I know he's always injured, more of a frontline starting pitcher in my opinion today than than Lucas Giolito is. You traded him. You got rid of them. So your rotation on paper, I know guys are going to get better. Like Hauk will probably be better. Cutter will be better. Bayo will be better. Whatever. But on paper, based on like track record, pedigree, you are worse today in the starting rotation than you were last year when you needed <laughs> starting pitching horribly.
0: Well, dude, they I, came out and I, said I'm they like, were going to get three starting pitchers in the offseason, like two to three starting pitchers. Then they got one well and then they traded one away. Go. Lucas well, okay. Giolito, Cooper Chriswell. We're, we're we're still only net one. And we hey, traded Chris
2: hey, away. Hey, hey, don't forget, Josh Winkowski is getting built up as a starter as well. So there's, there's the third starter that oh, they acquired. Fuck. <laughs> Just, I,
1: I'm going to jump out of, I'm going to jump off my roof, dude. This is, uh, first off, by the way, I'm getting roasted in my group chat, okay, right now. Because here are the Red Sox again, sitting on their hands, uh, being a small market team, with small market thinking, with, uh, you're telling me, i i i am speechless joey ortiz like you couldn't you couldn't match joey ortiz with our farm system and you could have yeah. your big three you could have kept your big three guys yeah. this trade also
0: included the 34th pick in the 2024 draft
2: so they got a first round pick as well or a comp pick so they got a
0: first round pick comp, comp pick what in the world since when can you trade draft picks
2: I think you could always trade draft picks. People just, or you can trade comp picks, and that's a comp pick. I don't know who. Comp
1: yeah.
2: I don't know who that, it, like who they got that pick for, but yeah. So they got. So I mean, I guess in a way, that is like adding another top, you know, probably six prospect in your organization as well. So, but like still, like who knows what that'll look like? It, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like I, I'm, I'm speechless. Like I really, I I know I clearly am not because I've been rambling about this for fucking twenty minutes. <laughs> no, but like, but like, there are not enough words in the English language to define how disappointed in the Boston Red Sox I am. We used to be the fans of a team that, like, everybody yeah. expected to do big things after two thousand six, where they missed the playoffs. They won, mind you, they won almost ninety games in two thousand six. Yeah. They went out and they got Dice K, they got JD Drew, they got Julio Lugo, rest in peace to a legend. Um, they absolutely went out balls to the wall and acquired premier talent after 2010, when they missed the playoffs again, mind you almost won 90 games. They went Mm -hmm. out and they got Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford. Now that blew up in their face, but they went out and did it after 2014, which was actually a shitty year. They went like 75 and 87 or whatever. They were horrible they signed Hanley and Pablo again blew up in their face with Pablo Hanley that's was fine.
0: why they're that's why they're not doing it like they're looking this is, at the pieces but then, uh, that you know that actually contributed to those rosters and they're like they wasn't the guys we spent the money on so why would we go out and do it but the the thing is that the fans appreciated that so i think that that's the difference that they're not understanding is that the fans appreciated the investment whether or not it turned out or not it was the investment into the product to fix the problem, and at least trying to do something, is better than what Ken rather Roth- than Rosen. Why, how can I never pronounce his name?
2: Rosen, <laughs> but the, Rosen. But, the also, but moving but just to finish my point though, after 2015, where they had that really good second half under Tori Lavello, they signed David Price to the richest contract in baseball history in- for a starting pitcher baseball at the time. History. And for a starting pitcher at the time. And then when they won, like, 96 games and lost in the first round and David Ortiz retired, they didn't just bend over and take it the next season and they were like, we're rebuilding because Big poppy has gone. They went – they got Chris Sale. Yeah. I mean, they replaced David Ortiz with Mitch Moreland. Like, that's a, that's a conversation for a different day. But they got Chris Sale.
1: Dude, not even that. But But I'm going to have to delete X Twitter, whatever we call it. Because <laughs> – if I open this fucking app, dude, if I open this app and if I see one person trying to justify that at least we kept the guys in our farm system and not acquired Corbin Burns, I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm talking like GPS triangle locating where people at because this is this is an atrocity. Jordan just rattled off since oh six, all the way through almost to present day. Every single time the Red Sox were in the conversation, they were in the conversation. So even if we didn't make it there, that's okay. Next offseason, we're going to go and get this guy, and we're going to get this piece. And guys, hold on, we're we're gonna we're gonna write this thing right. And now what we're sold on, we got prospects. We got prospects. But I will, which by the way, you also, have,
2: sorry, you can finish. You can so, no, finish no, no. Side.
1: You you wouldn't have to have parted with any of the guys that those guys like. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, the, the, the uh, uh once again i'm going to state my age i'm 34 years old okay so when i talk to people who are younger than me a decade younger than me and things like that and i'm i blame all of you for making me believe in prospects i blame every <laughs> single i want i'm looking into the camera i blame every single one of you because listen to what jordan just said about off season in fucking boston and now what we have is you're going to go out and you're going to justify corbin burns going to a divisional rile with young talent extensions new owners billionaires grant hill the whole nine and what are we doing fucking nothing but at least we have yeah. a farm system right at least we have a fucking farm system
2: and will,
0: well, the, orioles, will. the orioles had the top farm system and then they yeah. went out and they traded for an ace so,
2: yeah. <laughs> so what the and, and you have a consensus. And you have a consensus top seven at worst farm system, probably. I mean, I know Pipeline ranks pretty lowly on the Red Sox because they don't have a lot of pitchers, but they have a. Oh yeah, top you know three to five with most other outlets except for Pipeline. But I'm what sorry. I also will say, like we got mad, like people got mad at Hein Bloom over the years for not doing enough to help the major league roster, right? After two thousand twenty-one, I know that they you know they didn't do enough to bolster that that team especially in the bullpen, they still signed Trevor story. Like they, like they signed Trevor story to At the time, I think the number two, like highest paid contract ever for yes. a second baseman um, after 2022, where they were in last place, 178 games, Yoshida was here. Chris Martin was here. Kenley Jansen was here. They, I mean, Corey Kluber, like you could at least see the vision in signing Corey Kluber. He, he, it blew up in their face. I get it. And the shortstop situation mm-hmm. was another thing, but they were banking on it being story. It didn't work. I know they lost Xander and JD, but they had an off-season where they rebuilt like the, the vibe in the clubhouse. They added guys that were good. They added Justin Turner. They added Adam Duvall. They a lot of the guys they brought in were the best players on the roster last year. And they and they banked on Tristan Casas being good and he ended up being good as well. So like and that was they had it both ways with that. But this offseason, we're talking about cooper criswell and until they signed lucas giolito the oakland a's were out spending them this off season by the way lucas giolito era of almost five the last two seasons i can't stress that enough now they added justin slayton in the rule five they traded for him he's fine tyler o'neill i think will be a good player they traded for him but you have all this money you ducked under the tax last year go and freaking spend money Go and help yeah. the major league roster. That's why you fired Heim Bloom. He didn't do enough to help the major league roster. And now you have a new guy in. And granted, I love what he's doing with the pitching development. At, at all these driveline guys that are joining the organization. Yeah. Kyle Bodie, tremendous hire. Andrew Bailey, slam dunk hire. Just tremendous hire. But you are not doing anything to help the major league roster. This team on paper, like last year's team, I could see winning you know, 86 to 90 games. You know a couple a couple breaks go their way a couple guys don't get hurt whatever it might be this team it sucks like it sucks i think the lineup will be fine because as long as you hit enough home runs at fenway you will not have a bad offense in boston you will you will not you will have a good enough offense I just don't see on this, on the roster as currently constructed with how these other teams in the division are building their major league roster, how this team contends for the division for at least a few more years. And then on top of that, for the wild card, the American league is a gauntlet, dude. They're not trying as Ken Rosenthal said, they are inexplicably not trying. And it's not
1: They're, they're, they're not trying and, and they're trying to sell you on the fact that they might try. I think that's what's most in, in I think of of all the the misguided uh comments from from you know mostly Sam Kennedy I mean listen he's going to take the brunt of this um but you're lying and we caught you and now you're blaming us but now we're seeing even more of it so like you know the the, the proof is there man like the proof is the proof is there that this team is not going to be a good baseball team they're not And I like to go into the, in spring training, the beginning of baseball is just a phenomenal time of the year. I love it. It's fantastic. I am dreading, I am dreading putting on the TV and watching the product that they're putting out there. Not saying that I'm not excited about it to you guys. Not saying this. I'm just saying with everything else that has happened in the league and the narrative that's been shoved down our throat, I am now holding a resentment. And i got to be honest. What if you were Casas or Devers or uh, Yoshida or these guys who are who, who are sitting that we're looking at as as guys that can elevate Ray right? Casas and Yoshida and then and then you have Devers Devers locked up for you know a freaking decade and you're going guys you're not putting anybody with us you're not putting anyone around us you're not why would, helping
0: us like why would Casas want to extend him, extend his contract here?
1: Why would Brian Bale? Why would why would any of these guys want to be in Boston? There's a reason why, and I'm not knocking Craig Breslow. I'm really not. I, I, I don't want to make this a whole, like, anti-front office thing, right? But he wasn't the first choice. He was not the first choice. He wasn't even the second choice. He wasn't the third choice. He wasn't the fourth. It only was till everybody for two weeks straight said they, they're either they're declining interviews that – The front office said, you know what? We're going to go with Craig Breslow. We're going to go with him. He's a smart guy, right? Graduated from Yale. Yeah, he should know how to run a baseball team. I mean, fuck off.
0: I mean, listen, this is what we expected the Red Sox to do when they brought Breslow in. And they had this whole press conference and announcing a change of direction. The Orioles bring in a new owner, and the next day they
1: trade for an ace. Like, I want to put, you know, I want to put my head through a wall, man. I'm losing it. I'm sorry guys. I'm, I'm haywire. You guys, I'm I, sorry, I, mean, I, I sorry. think
0: that this, this definitely, you know, covered, uh, we definitely covered pretty much everything we were, we were planning on covering in the, in just the process of talking about this. Um, you know, it, this is just a crazy that this news dropped while we are in the middle of recording. I think that um, just getting our, you know, raw reactions to how, the frustration coming out and seeing another team from the AL East, like, I just tweeted out, you know, at least the Red Sox don't have to face Shohei Otani on the Blue Jays because maybe that's the only positive thing that came out of this offseason because every other team, except for the Rays, I mean, listen, I'm actually feeling pretty confident that maybe it's going to be us and fighting the Rays for fourth place because um, I don't mm. see really any reason there that, that the Rays are going to be able to compete for a top three spot in the A-Least. But, you know, Red Sox, we were going to talk about a little bit, like, we we have one of the top farm systems in america Um, baseball america's top 100 you know we the the rankings came out a little bit all over the place but you know for the most part they have marcelo meyer you know in the top 14 15 prospects in america we have roman anthony in the top 25 kyle teal there's a little bit of discrepancy either you know in the 60s or the 40s depending on where you're where you're looking mlb pipeline has kyle teal the highest at 40 and sit on Raffaella in the top 100 uh, rounding out the prospect group. You know, we have some stars that are right on the verge of taking the next step forward, but what good is a top four farm system? If there's no place for those guys to to stay, if none of those guys are right-handed hitting power bats, none of those guys are pitchers. The last time I checked, Roman Anthony isn't going to go, you know, shut down uh, the Yankees for six innings. It's just not going to happen. So, what we're doing right now you know and i just to go back to breslow's quotes two quotes that stand out number 1 he said we are um you know we need to focus on wins at the major league level he said that in his in his introductory press conference we're going to focus on winning at the big league level you know what good is having a farm system if you can't win at the big league level so he said we're going to prioritize wins there so far we have not seen that then he's come out later and said we're actually not going to sacrifice future wins for um, you know, wins today, which is the exact opposite of uh, kind of what he was saying earlier when he said, you know, well, how good is a farm system if you can't win in the majors? So he's gone out now. He said the exact opposite. He's saying, you know, we're actually not going to sacrifice future wins. But here's the thing that I don't get: people, we have Montgomery who's sitting out there waiting to be signed, a five-year contract. Guess what? That takes us through the years that we need to we need to be able to win.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, a five-year contract for Blake Snow takes us through the, the the gap that we're trying to wait for these guys to come up and you're still going to need pitching then because we have no pitching in the in the pipeline and there ain't, there ain't going to be no pitchers coming up in the next three years that are going to be impact starting pitchers so they're going to have to come from somewhere it's going to have to be through free agency and it's going to have to come through a trade so if we're banking on us being able to make all these trades next year there ain't, there's no way that we're going to go out and we're going to sign big impact free agents next year like multiple of them to fill these spots when don't forget we have nick pivetta who's going to be a free agent next year you know we're losing another one of our potential starters we have no one coming there's no help you know unless you count dick fits that's the only one who you know we have in the minors right now who could be potentially a starting pitcher for us um and then you if you if you sign montgomery not only would you get wins today but you'd also be getting us wins in the future there's no sacrifice going on and it would be an absolutely cheap uh cheap contract we're not focusing on it at all we're not investing in the major league team and you know i know you said you didn't want to you know crap on on Breslow there but like you can't come out and promise us something and mm-hmm. then completely backtrack no, no, no. on your word not even two months later i think they completely misread the market and now their only hope of saving this offseason is a, is basically a game of chicken with the Boras clients and trying to get one of them to sign last minute for way cheaper than market value. And they're just hoping that the new ownership, like the like friggin', I almost guarantee you these Orioles are going to go out and sign either Snell or Montgomery now after just seeing this. They need pitching this trade shows that they're all in and this this new ownership group, I think as soon as they get their financials in place, they're going to go out and they're going to make a splash. I also wouldn't be surprised if they brought in like JD Martinez or Solaire or one of those guys, because they have been like silent this off season and filling some of those gaps, like just makes sense now with the new ownership group. So the Red Sox are going to be sitting on their, on their hands, hoping that no one else swoops in. And then a team like the Orioles is going to come in and do that. So that's my, that's the ending of my rant. I think that hits most of the topics that I
1: wanted to, to touch on at least yeah, by the way uh Blake Snell is totally a Yankee right I think we could probably agree on that Blake Snell's gotta be he's gotta be a Yankee
2: it wouldn't shock me I do think it'll no. be I, I I could also like I know I I could see the Orioles once the the ownership shift yeah, yeah, yeah. doing of that as well or or even Monty Monty would make actually probably even more sense than Snell would because a big reason why the 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 Orioles got Blitzed by the Rangers was They could not find the strike zone In that LDS and Monty throws strikes I mean Snell's got better stuff So I mean it's really a matter of Personal preference I think when it comes to those Two Um, but for me Like I agree I agree with both of you like this is more This is definitely primarily like 85-90% of the Blame pie goes to ownership here Right but Breslow is definitely not Free from blame when it comes to trades That's him like that is him. That is the people in the front office. That by but also kind of goes on ownership because Breslow couldn't bring in his own front office. That was all already predetermined for him, minus a couple, you know, other people. But trades are mostly Breslow. Uh, minor signings are probably also mostly Breslow, unless the 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 shackles, the payment shackles that they are self imposing on themselves are even more severe than we thought. And if we're like, we're talking about them just having a lower payroll than last year, even if they go under the tax, what they have like probably 22, 23 mil to spend and still be under what they were last season. Um, They like, unless the shackles are much more strict on them this off season than we think signing a guy like Justin Turner or Adam Duvall or, Michael Lorenzen or, you know, I think walk is a free agent or did he sign already? I don't remember, but like he, guys like he signed with
1: the Royals. Yeah, he Oh, that's the Royals, right. He yeah. did
2: sign with the Royals. Him and Seth Lugo did Um, yeah. but, like guys like that. Like even Jacob Junis, like he'll be, he'd be an MLB signing. He's not going to get a minors deal guys like that. Those are Breslow. Like he doesn't need the green light to pay, you know, Adam Duvall eight mil. Yeah, like, he doesn't. Yeah. And I don't think he I don't think he'd need the green light to give Justin Turner 12 or 13 mil. He just wouldn't. And maybe I'm giving ownership too much credit there that they wouldn't need him to green. They wouldn't need to green light that kind of contract. But like, this is just a like to use a a good old saying from good old friend of the show, Pete Abraham. And I say that like very sarcastically, by the way, um, it's a wholesale embarrassment um, by the Red Sox. Like this is horrible. This is awful. You promised results. And all you've done is widen the gap between yourself and fourth place. And and you were in fifth place, by the way. So, like, reminder, like, now instead of ten games back of – or six <laughs> games back of fourth, you're, like, 12 games back of fourth. Yeah. You're, you're so far behind everybody else. You need the race to take an absolute nosedive, which, again, they have some weird shit going on in Tampa. Like, they're going to somehow – win 92 games next year yeah i don't know how but they probably will because they're the they're the raise so you're fighting with probably toronto i know uh, toronto or tampa for fourth place and you're considerably worse than both teams it's just a, the fact of the matter like they're they are they're they so they're in such they're in so much a worse spot now than they were last year at this time coming off a last place a last place finish it is ridiculous that we have gotten to this point
0: you know who we can blame for this I'm bloom whoever created the the extra wild card spots in the playoffs mm. because now owners are seeing that you don't have to be either number one in your division or number two in the league no? you just have to be like 85 wins and what team owner was it? The Mariners who came out and said, "We're not trying to win 100 games. We're trying to win 85 games and be competitive." Oh, that was that, oh, that was
2: their GM.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: he and so he kind of pulled the curtain back, right? But like, that's the problem that we're running into is that the Red Sox ownership has this fantasy world opinion of bringing in all these guys from driveline, which I love, by the way, this is going to, I do love that we bring in all these guys from driveline. We're bringing in Andrew Bailey, we're bringing in pitching, we're going to fix pitching, you know, and we're, oh, maybe the guys that we have here are going to be great. But then they're, they have this like, okay, if we hit our ceiling and everything goes well, you know, Fangraphs has us projected for 82 wins. So the Red Sox, I could see them being, you know, you know taking a little bit of opiate opioids here and
1: uh or copioids i should say and uh no sorry kevin has the opioids right now that's that's me that's me guys and that if the dea is listening i swear it's it's under control
0: (laughs) yeah but that's what i can see is the red sox ownership hat you know or or front office having this like well i think we can really do we can take a step forward here we can take a step forward here with the changes we've made and they're like you know guys, remember, we don't have to win 100 games. We just have to win 85 games and be in the competition. And, like, every other team in the division is gearing up to win 100 games except the Rays, and the Rays are probably going to still win 100 games just because they're that good. <laughs> but, like, that's that, that's the problem. So, really, if we want to blame whoever whoever a great idea
1: it was to expand the playoffs, that's, that's really whose fault this is. And, I, you know, um, you're 100% right, because expanding the playoffs, in theory, um, lessens the incentive on winning your division, right? Um, you do not need to win your division to get into the playoffs, right? And I do believe that there is a mindset where let's just get into that. 85 87 range right i'm not even going to go as far as 90 that just get me to that 85 and 87 if we get to the dance i'm pretty sure i said this by the way to we, we we were talking earlier today and i said just get us to the dance get us to the dance and and if we get into the dance anything can happen right we are not are we not even close to the dance we're in the back of the fucking port parking lot by the porter johns hanging out Um, like rolling doobies, like we're not even, we're not even there. Like we're not even in, in, in the realm of even being close to a dance floor. So, you know, um, The socks
2: showed up uh, to the club wearing sweatpants and they weren't allowed in. That's what they're doing. It's
1: like, like, okay, we're hosting a black tie event and and they're rocking like Russell athletic sweats. Right. And like a dirty white Hanes t-shirt. And they're like, Hey, by the way, can we get in? Can we get in? Oh, but we, we traded for Tyler O'Neil. Can we get in? <laughs> right? Like come on, what, come on, man. And you know, it's uh this is I'm I'm going to uh, whatever the over under is on uh Red Sox total wins, I'm, I I uh, I would always say that the over, but we're we're going full under on on that as of right now. We're going full under. The only start.
0: benefit I can think of to 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 this season. Is that we don't have to play these guys as much as we used to in the past? Correct, correct. Like, that's really the only benefit I can see. Like we don't yeah. play the Yankees until like June. Like that's the first series against the Yankees
1: or something ridiculous you know, when, like that. When we when they rolled out that new uh, you know structured schedule where everybody plays each other you know at least once you know I thought being in the AL East that's going to benefit us a lot right like if you replace games against now you know uh, a very good Oriole team or a very good Yankee team. And now all of a sudden we're playing, you know, maybe uh, uh, the Rockies, right, instead, or we're playing, you know, a, a team in the NL that that isn't as good, or even a team in the AL that we're playing in extra two that isn't that good. It, to me, this is just it's 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 baffling, man. Like it's just baffling. Um, I'm mad. I mean, you guys heard it. And I apologize, but I, I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. This is, um, dark days are ahead.
0: Well, dark hopefully days ahead. we get some moves in the next couple of days over, you know, any moves in the, in the MLB in general, I would appreciate, you know, keeping them going at this point, um, you know, get some action moving, um, would just be fantastic. I know pitchers and catchers reporting in, in two weeks is insane still. Um, and you know, not that these guys have to sign before spring training, but if you're a pitcher, like I would imagine you'd want to. So i um, hoping next week we have a lot to talk about from from moves and hopefully the Red Sox have actually done something at that point, um, even though we both you know all three of us here and we know that's highly unlikely. Um, also a little bit of a uh, sneak sneak preview ahead. We may or may not have a special guest joining us next week as well. i um, been trying to invite Uh, special guests onto the podcast this off season, just to kind of um, share some different perspectives and uh, get some different opinions. Uh, It's not something that we typically can do that often during the season because of everyone's crazy recording schedules and how often putting content out, but been really awesome to have a lot of fellow podcasters on the show um, this off season and just allowing them to, you know, be generous with their time with us. And we really appreciate that. But yeah, super special guest um, next week as well. Uh, I'm excited for that. To kind of uh, sneak preview that, but um, does anyone have any any closing thoughts? I have one, but okay. I'll save it.
1: I got nothing. I, I'm sorry, dude. I'm drained. <laughs> I I feel like some like like I lost a piece of my soul. You know, like I'm just I I got to recoup. I'm gonna take a day or two. I'm gonna I'm gonna power down and then reboot, and we'll see what happens go back to the uh hospital and be like yo like can you just put me back under <laughs> just put me, put me back. back under like give me like 48 hours so when i wake up i just can completely forget this part happened right and then and then rejoin society as an able-bodied man and uh <laughs> and not want to just absolutely uh you know scream in traffic so yeah yeah I, I, I'm, I'm i'm done Well. Um, <laughs> The only, uh, the only last two things I
0: had was Richard Blyer signed with the nationals, um, former member of the Red Sox bullpen. Um, he kept the seat warm on the phantom IL um, for a while there. So we <laughs> <he> certainly <laughs> appreciated him. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw this as well, but uh, there's some, I guess, leaked city connect jerseys for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um been making its way around Twitter. Have you seen, have you seen the leaked philly city connects kevin
1: no what are they doing
0: i'll send it to you right now but uh jordan jordan what do you think of the uh the league city connects
2: i i wasn't overly impressed with them like we talked a little bit about it before uh recording that you know like the color scheme i think is fine but like the font doesn't really do it um the they kind of missed an opportunity to you know, incorporate the Liberty Bell. I know I just stole your thought by saying that out loud, but We're sorry, <laughs> sorry <laughs> about that. Sorry, but I had to make my opinion seem much more informed. But I wasn't overly impressed with it.
0: I I did like the color scheme. Um, I like the the faded color. I'm trying to find the the post. Here it is, Kevin. I'm sending it right now. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I like the I like the color scheme. I like the fade, but the font is killing me. Um like it's just though, but that color is is such a sick potential because there are just like not very many jerseys that are that color kind of reminds me of the city connect blues which i really enjoy um or actually i take it back it reminds me of what i would would want like a reverse city connect to look like like if we were going to wear city connects on the road i would want it to kind of look like that
1: but like just pretty solid all the way across the board Um, um what you I, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna say it. Uh, these look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> these look horrible, dude. I, I, like I don't like the the font on the front that says Philly. I don't really like the like um like the underbelly sweat. Like the top is light blue, but then the underbelly sweat is is dark blue, and and some reason the armpits are dark blue as well. Um, I thought you were gonna send me over like the the powder blues or the old school maroons, and they kind of did like a funky. Dude, they went way. I mean, whoever designed these, I wanna hang out with them. I wanna hang out. They probably got some some cool thoughts, but uh yeah, no, I'm not I'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest fan. No. I mean uh, we'll see. We'll see when they throw them on. But yeah, no, no, nah, no. Nah. They, could, they could redeem themselves if the hat is like insanely cool. Like, if, yeah. if the hatches has, the like, hat a, like cool. a bell on yeah. it or something, yeah. like that yeah. would be I agree. Be I think sick. the Liberty Bell definitely should have been brought in. But this weird font with Philly, and it looks like it's almost dripping across the front or something like that, and even the numbers are kind of swiggling up, uh, you, you lost me. Yeah, no. Bad sports town, Philadelphia. What are you doing? <laughs> There's been very mm-hmm. few
0: City Connect jerseys that I really enjoy. I saw the Nationals are um, doing away with their City Connects after just one yeah. season. Um, and they, they relaunched a bunch of new jerseys as well, um, this year, well, which the, I
1: know the be. the Chicago White Sox, I think have that like reverse pinstripe, like South side, right across the yeah. front. I think those are pretty dope. Yeah. I think those are pretty dope. And then I think, uh, the Mariners with the, uh, what is it? The Trident on the front of the, the hat. I think those are, those are kind of dope, but oh. I'm just upset. I mean, we could talk about jerseys all night, but, uh, I might. put my head through my laptop we're getting raw motion right this is great all right well we certainly
0: appreciate uh everybody coming on tonight uh my video is frozen um but uh i appreciate you guys for for hopping on um so you know once again this is episode 323 of the pesky report brought to you by beyond the monster please check us out on social media at the pesky report on Instagram and on Twitter. If you would like to give us a follow on uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, we would certainly appreciate that as well. But uh, on behalf of Kevin Jordan and uh, myself, wish you guys, you know, uh, happy coping and uh, we'll see you next week.
2: Peace out guys.